0: Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. We're on episode 189, Life on the Other Side of a Broken and Repentant Heart. Do you read Christian fiction? I've mentioned on this podcast many times that I'm not a reader. Uh, That has never been my thing. I have a brain that does not make mental pictures or let's put it this way, correct mental pictures. So if you were to tell me that you like perfectly describe an outfit to me, one of my friends did that years ago and like in her mind, cause she knew what it looked like. It was, it was cool. It was cause she had good taste in clothes, but in my mind, oh my goodness, it was a train wreck. That is how my brain works. I have an artistic side, but it's not a, I can come up with this vision in my head. It just doesn't happen. So reading for me has been not as exciting as it is for many of my friends who talk about the pictures coming to life and, you know, a great book. But what I found couple of years ago was the whole idea of audiobooks. Now, I know they've been out for more than, because I'm recording this in 2022, I know they've been out for quite a few years. I remember seeing them at Cracker Barrel, where you could exchange, like, cassettes or something like that, but I was slow to get on this train, but I've grown to love audiobooks, and I have a hoopla App and I suggest checking that out. I'll try to drop it in the show notes. But Hoopla plugs into your local library, and so you get I think it's about 20 free whether it's books, whether it's videos, whether it's um, reading, like reading kind of Kindle kind of books, or it's audiobooks. And I usually bankrupt myself every month, which thankfully it's free reading books, and one of the authors that I've really liked over the last couple of years is an author named Colleen Coble, and she's written, I was just on her website, and there's tabs at the bottom to go to her books, and I, like, there were, like, seven or eight pages of her books, because she's got a lot of series, and I'm reading through a series right now, and I was listening to a book yesterday, and I was was thinking about the title for this podcast, and I was thinking about this book. The book is set in an area, it's a whole set called A Hope Beach Novel. And I don't know how I didn't read this before, but by God's hand, I read it now. And I was listening to the story last night in this particular book called Seagrass Pier, And there's a character in there named Josh, and Josh is in charge of a unit, and there's this girl named Sarah, and Sarah is crazy about him, but she's about done because he just seems to be stuck, and he is stuck. Emotionally, he is totally stuck, and finally, toward the end of the book, I don't want to give away everything, but finally, toward the end of the book, you find out that he had a traumatic event when he was 12 years old, and he was holding himself accountable that he should have been this hero at 12 years old, and he should have saved the day. And as a result of not doing that deed, he has spent his entire life refusing to get close to people because he doesn't want to let them down. And even though this is a fictional character, we all know that there are people who this is where they are. They are stuck in their past. It may be something that they thought they should have done, but they didn't, and they didn't save the day. And therefore, they're not worth loving. Or it may be a sin that someone committed. The character in the book that I'm reading now, which is the fourth in the series, and I'll have to pull up the name because I haven't gotten the name of the book memorized. Well, where is it? Tidewater, no, Tidewater ends the first one, Rosemary Cottage is the second one, and Seagrass Pier is the third one, and... I don't see the name of the fourth one, but I'm reading it, so I know it exists. But in it, you have a character who has suspended, oh, it's all is bright, is the name of it. And it this character is suspended primarily because of the sinful choices that they made when they were younger. And therefore, they believe that there's not a bright future for them. And I tell you all that to tie into where we are in our scripture study. We've been walking our way through the life of King David. And especially over the last few weeks, we've been walking through that season of time that is very difficult because David is such the hero, David and Goliath. And he did great and mighty things, or let's say God did great and mighty things through him as the king of Israel. But the thing is, David got full of himself. And the story that is usually entitled David and Bathsheba, as we've walked through these weeks, I have become more and more convinced that it's not as much the story of David and Bathsheba as it is the story of David's fall from grace in the fact that David was not where he was supposed to be. So we're in 2 Samuel 12, and we've been there for the last few weeks. He's not where he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be at battle, but he's become this powerful dude. And he can order people around and he looks out and he sees this beautiful woman bathing and he send, you know, tells his servants, find out who she is. And then he says, bring her to me. And he's the king and he abuses his power. And then he abuses his power by trying to rig it and cover up his naughtiness by having her husband come in and hope that he can cover up the pregnancy and then turn around and has Uriah killed. David is so full of himself during this period of time. There are so many times in David's life that we can learn from his godly example. He is, per the Bible, a a man after God's own heart. But in this section, he's a man after man's own heart, where our sinfulness just comes shining through in the life of David. But we saw the prophet Nathan confront David because David lived in this state, I'm thinking well over a year, because I think he was in this state of pride for longer than the Bathsheba, Uriah whole idea. And last week we talked about the death of his child, that even though David appropriately responded to Nathan's rebuke from God... God did not take away the consequences. And that does play into this week's story as well. We're talking about just two verses in the book of 2 Samuel. And if you were with me last week, which I hope that you're following along, I said, we're going to pull these two verses out. And I do not know what direction God's going to have me go with them. But I just feel like we need to press pause and just look at these two verses and see what God will speak to us. I looked at it from a few different angles, but where I have landed and where I believe with all my heart I was supposed to land was in this concept of life on the other side of a broken and repentant heart. So hopefully again, you were with us for the last few weeks. We went through David's response to Nathan's confronting him and telling him you're the man you have sinned and David's incredible response as we see in Psalm 51 and Psalm 51 that week I prayed that over all of us who were on the podcast that day And verse 17 is, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. And that is truth. That is truth from one end of scripture to the end of time. God will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that there is nothing, no sinful choice that we can make that we cannot run to the Father in brokenness and He will not receive us. Is that not phenomenal news? So let's look at these two verses and then let's tie this all together. Then David comforted Bathsheba. So the baby that was born from David and Bathsheba's night together, when she was Uriah's wife, and David was wrong, 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 that baby has died, and they both have mourned the death of this child. says, then David comforted Bathsheba. Remember, he's got multiple wives, just reminding you, but it seems like Bathsheba has a special place in David's heart. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan the prophet that they should name him Jedidiah, which means beloved of the Lord, as the Lord had commanded. As I said, there were so many different directions I thought about going. I thought about going through the prophetic word of Nathan. Nathan has been the one as the prophet, the mouthpiece of God to confront David in his sin. And now he gets to be the one who says, this is what the Lord wants you to name this special child that he has blessed you with. Jedediah, which means beloved of the Lord. God is showing his blessing on David and Bathsheba, despite the sinful choices that David has made. What happened between David power-hungry and I'm just so full of myself to receiving God's blessings again? It was a broken and repentant heart. Again, if we look back at Psalm 51, we see it. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. And God has. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. Your judgment against me is just. And he goes on to say, Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Hallelujah. That David came Back to God. I mean, not with what I call a not at God. So I've been teaching through the book of Hosea. And eventually on this podcast, podcast, if the Lord tarries is coming or he leaves me here on earth, we will get to the book of Hosea. But there's one section about in the middle of the book where the Israelites are tired of being punished (laughs) because God is telling them, you all are in serious trouble and it's not going to stop. You are about to get the big bang down on you because of the way you have acted. And there's this one chapter Where the Israelites, instead of coming to God, as David did, with a broken and repentant heart. And repentance means to turn. It means you're going one way and you absolutely make a U-turn and you go the opposite direction to God and his plans for you. But that's not what the Israelites do. The Israelites want to just do what I call the nod at God and just like, God, please be merciful to us. They don't want to change. They do not want to fully surrender to him and his plans. They just want his blessings. I contend this very day that this is why so many of us live in a state of not experiencing the fullness of the Holy Spirit working in and through us is because... We either are like the character of Josh in the book, where we are holding ourselves to this insanely high standard, instead of taking our regrets and our sorrow to God and and trying as we move forward to surrender all to him, including the I wish I had been able to do's, our weekly assignment feature is prayerfully surrender any sinful choice, hurt, or hang up which you should have already left at the cross. David is not a good example when it comes to becoming power hungry and abusing his power and the so many things that he probably did that are not listed in Scripture. But he is an example of of falling on his knees and fully surrendering to God and saying to you and you only have I sinned. Like he got it and he made that U-turn and he truly had a broken and repentant heart and God blessed. God blessed so much that he sent a special name for the child that we call Solomon, but Jedediah, which means beloved of the Lord. It says the Lord loved the child. God had redeemed what Satan intended for evil. God had given David and Bathsheba a new start. In Psalm 103, 12, It says, he has removed our sins as far from us, as far as the East is from the West. If we have truly committed those sins, sinful choices, sinful lifestyles to the Lord and given him everything, he has removed our sins as far as the East is from the West. But the problem is we want to keep them at arm's length because we want to punish ourselves For those choices. We're not worthy of a good life. We're not worthy of happiness here on earth. We're not worthy because we keep beating ourselves up. How would life have looked for David if he had done that? Well, we probably wouldn't have had Solomon, which obviously Solomon is a huge character in the life of Israel. Imagine if you were the Apostle Paul. That's another one that I was thinking about. Paul had persecuted Christians. He had been the headman calling for them to be martyred. He stood there as Stephen, one of my absolute favorite characters in the Bible, is martyred, and they laid Stephen's clothes at Paul's feet. Paul was an evil dude. He was Saul at that time. But he was an evil dude. He thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was following God with all his heart. Problem was, he wasn't following the true God. And he got God-smacked. And he saw the light literally and figuratively. And he turned. But what if he had just said, no, God, I will not accept your mercy. I will not accept your grace. We would not have half the New Testament. We would not have the number of believers and the number of places where Paul and his mercenary journeys and how many people have been touched by his works. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like, all of the writings of Paul would not be if he had not allowed there to be life on the other side of a broken and repentant heart. So I am challenging you today to prayerfully consi- prayerfully surrender any sinful choice, any hurt. It may have not have been a sin that you committed. I just saw on my Twitter feed some young lady who 15 years ago was brutally raped And obviously it changed her life forever. But I'm wondering how much of that is continuing to hold her back instead of allowing God to take even that and using Romans 8.28 and allow God to work all things, even the most evil in this world, for the good and for his glory. If you can't tell, I'm fired up about this because I am so excited about what God will do through these words, through this testimony that we see in the life of David and Bathsheba, where God is blessing them. But if you don't come to God with a broken and repentant heart and all you want to do is nod at God and say, take away the consequences but I am not willing to give you my all, you're not going to get God's blessings. You are not going to receive words like beloved of the Lord. Choice is yours. How long are you going to be living in the past? And do realize that you're accountable to God for that. Because every moment that you waste holding yourself accountable for something that God says, bring to me, you will, you will give account. And there are others around you that are losing out on the blessings because you refuse to let go. So thank you so much for tuning in. Information down in the show notes about Psalm 51, Psalm one hundred three twelve. the link to Colleen Coble's website, the link to our hidden episodes of the podcast. You know, I'm just so thankful for what God's doing We're on podcast 189. I cannot believe it. And I celebrate this very day. God's faithfulness, because there are times where I wasn't sure I would be here for podcast 189 for a lot of reasons, but God has been faithful. May you and I now be faithful to surrender all to him and trust him. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day.